Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the country. We have two very special guests today, one in my partner, Renee Mueller, who co-founded KW Elite with me and several other business ventures, but our VIP, Mr. Brad Larson, hailing from Texas. And today, we're going to be getting into property management. Brad, welcome to the podcast. Yeehaw! How's it going? <laughs> Let's go. I parked the horse outside. Let's, let's get it on. That's I'm right. sure that's what everyone thinks about Texans, you know. So, yeah, from San Antonio, Texas, we have a pretty strong property management company there and handling San Antonio and Austin. And in a prior life, I was involved with real estate, sold homes for a long time, was with Keller Williams for a long time. And so, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Well, we're really happy to have you. And Renee is going to help me co-host today and ask some poignant questions that we think would be specific to our audience of real estate teams and brokerages. So let's just get right into it. Property management. Um, what, what have you seen the last five years and what do you foresee over the next five years? We talked a little bit about this at dinner last night. Boy, that's a long question because <laughs> the last five years we've been wringing our hands waiting for now to get us to the next five years. So the next five years could be the best five years we've ever had in property management. You know, we've been hot and heavy the last 10 years in sales. Uh, obviously, investors are coming in, they buy homes, they need management. Okay, we manage. But when somebody could sell a home with a Facebook post a year ago, two years ago, it there was no need for anybody to push into management as a reluctant landlord. Now with the market turning, you're going to see more and more people pushing into that reluctant landlord space, the accidental landlord, if you would, and they're going to need management because their intention may be to come back and or sell the property when that market turns and goes up again. Mm -hmm. And I think it was pretty interesting. You had mentioned yesterday when we were talking about this, that 70% of doors that are managed are typically managed by the homeowner. And it's usually a mom and pop homeowner that might own two to five doors. Correct. About so right? We have only a 30% penetration into the actual rental market itself under professional third-party management. And the rest of them, our competition is not, it's not another agent. It's not another property management company. It's the individual landlord managing their own property themselves. And that is very state-specific. So certain states is tougher to do in, like California and other places. Mm -hmm. uh, other states, it's very easy. You can write a lease on a napkin and you can, there's no screening and they just do maintenance however they want to do it. And it's very loosey-goosey, and we're seeing that change. And you start hearing things about rent control, and you start hearing things about uh, any sort of legislation that's going to govern how people are using a rental property. You know, they were talking about implementing a mandatory class for individual owners in California, hmm. in, the, in the most recent legislature. Now, thank God I'm not in California. No offense to anybody listening, but you know I like operating in Texas. But everything that happens there bleeds east. Mm -hmm. So if they're talking about doing that now, it's only a matter of time before it's going to be very challenging for owners to manage on their own, and they're going to be looking for the third-party property management. Now, one of the things I want to bring up with you is I love the property management faction inside of a real estate brokerage because, in a, in a sense, real estate brokerages or teams could treat a solid property management faction as a holding pen 
for listings. Because mm-hmm. if a seller that you've been working with for years and years, you've been just all the touches that you're supposed to be doing, and they're not quite ready, or they're buyers and they're not quite ready, you can nurse them along in the property management world, make them a tenant for a year, then sell them another home. Put their home in the rental pool and rent it out for a year or two and then sell it. If you lose control of that, you potentially lose that listing and lose that business. And as the market shifts for not only the homes in general, home sales, but the market for real estate agents, I think this is a really good option for them. I think you're right. And, you know, Renee and I both run successful real estate businesses. And I know over my career, there's been hundreds of people who've reached out and said, I'm not actually buying. Do you guys have any homes for rent? And all the way until about two years ago, when I partnered with Renee to launch property management, I would just refer them off to friends of mine that I knew had properties that they managed, or I'd point them to a website to go look for rental properties. So to your point, if you incubated that inside of your own ecosystem, if you're a team or a brokerage and you had your own division, you'd have properties you manage and hopefully properties that were available. And the way you do that is you give them a break on the rent or you give them a break on the application fee or you work some sort of buyer's agency agreement inside of that lease agreement, get an RFR or whatever you got to do. There's a lot of ways to nicely tie them into using you down the road, either for selling or for buying. So Renee, I know with you, your first door, I believe you acquired when you were 19 years old. I'm assuming you managed that door on your own. What are some of the lessons you've learned now over the last 20 plus years? I shouldn't age you. Five plus years. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> oh, ton of lessons since then, Jeff. I mean, I, I that was my first. It was a duplex, and I was still in college. I honestly, I loved it because we packed, you know, four people into one side and five or six into the other, and so I had cash, you know, flowing all the time. And people probably thought I was doing something illegal back then. Um, <laughs> but it was. It didn't take me long to realize that I needed help. I wasn't going to manage any more than the two doors. That was it. So you know, I mean. You're taking calls in the middle of the night. You're servicing. You're pretty much everything. You're the maintenance person. You're the one collecting rent. And um, I really was not educated on all the regulations at that point either. I mean, even in Nebraska, there's certain things you can or cannot do, certain things you have to disclose, um, giving the security deposits back at a certain time. And so it wasn't until many years later I realized how closely the two teams as far as sales and property managers or property management teams can work together. So, I mean, through a whole, just like anything else, I mean, through trial and error, you're learning and I didn't want to do it anymore. It didn't take long at all. So Sure. Well, and this sounds just like someone running a real estate team who's also selling real estate, who's also running marketing, who's also doing coaching. Yeah. And all of us have to decide what roles do we want to leverage? Just like with property management, Brad, I'm sure you're not the one someone's calling when the ice machine breaks. Correct. That's typically you build systems, you have processes, uh, and you train your tenants and your owners to work through your system and processes. And you don't take those Sunday afternoon calls. It's one of the few businesses in real estate that's actually sellable. It has a capital value attached to it, proven over and over and over, very much like a book of insurance, Mm -hmm. for example. When you have recurring revenue per month, it makes that business, you know, it's trading for one, one and a half X revenue. Uh, They can break it down to three to five times profit, EBITDA, whatever you want to call that, or even break it down to two or three or 4,000 bucks a door per unit but it has a capital value attached to it. You just got to build it up to where it can sort of run itself. I mean, you could look at it, you know, once a week, once a day, whatever you want to do, but it's process work. This is not magical sales skills mm-hmm. where you're twisting arms and, and trying to convince people with a closing scenario to buy something. Right. They all need it. They want it. You just have to execute the service at a decent level and provide good communication. And it's really going to be, it's going to work miracles for you. In your opinion, how many doors would one need to manage to hit economies of scale? 
to really have it make sense. So you've got the mom and pops who have two to five doors, maybe 10 if they're stretching. At what point, if you're going to run a property management division, how many doors do you need to make the juice work the squeeze? 85. That's the number? Uh, okay, so. <laughs> is that a joke? No, 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 it's dead on. Okay, so, dead on. This goes back so to the fifth per door. And after you answer this question, I also would like to walk the audience through the numbers of like what percentage you typically keep, what kind of fees can you add on there? Because I know you're pretty good at creating additional revenue. Sure. So I, I said 85, and that's really a legitimate figure because when I was doing some scholastic training for uh, a master's degree, we had to do a whole big business analysis. And of course I chose property management because I was in real estate at the time. Mm -hmm. And that's what it came down to because that's where the actual profit came in. That's where you could pay yourself a salary and it was working for you at 85 homes. Now, of course that changes, you know, you you mentioned a California brokerage yep. today and you know, their rents at 4,500 bucks <laughs> a month. Are you kidding me? So, yep. you, you know, it's just, they could manage, exactly. manage 20 and they'd be yeah. profitable yeah. or it could be a smaller market and they need 150 and it depends on what level you want. But there is at some point economies of scale. And even if you are breaking even, you're still doing well because you're keeping that home under your control to provide them with other services mm. and or sell that home. So it's really inside of a brokerage. Uh, a lot of them treat it like a loss leader, but it doesn't have to be. It can be a well-run business that can stand on its own. And there can be a very healthy synergy between a real estate brokerage and a property management firm. And they could both be owned by the same entity. Now, my recommendation, of course, is to potentially rename it. You know, we had a long discussion about yeah. that with branding. I like this. Because yeah. you want to separate the branding. You don't want to call it XYZ real estate team and then XYZ property management team because the XYZ persona gets well, you, crossed over. And you made a good comment that the real estate transaction takes 90 days, whereas property management might go nine years. Exactly. And obviously in nine years, there's going to be some challenges. And so it could give your real estate company a bad name. So have a, have the name separate. I agree with that. Yeah, the, the 90 day stuff also is like, it's a very happy time. Hey, we're buying you a home. Right. Hey, we're selling you we a home. Did it. We did a great job. Okay, we're all high-fiving at the end. It, it can be very contentious when you're getting into property management because you're dealing with someone's most two emotional things which is money and their home. And so it's a very tedious manner. Good communication solves a lot of that. But going back to your question, uh, the economies of scale can be created very quickly. And, you know, 30, 40, 50 homes, it can be profitable and it can turn into a pretty good venture. And there's all kinds of ancillary revenue maximization opportunities in and around that. So it's not just a management fee that's in, right. right? There's so many more things that that tenants are used to be they're used to paying. Apartment complexes have already trained them to pay this, to pay that, to pay the other. What are some examples? Okay, a lease preparation fee. They're also trained to pay pet fees. They're also trained to pay a, a, an application fee to rent the home. They're, they're paid to deal with incremental rental increases every year. Um, so they're trained, not paid, uh -huh. they're trained. Renter's so insurance. They're, they're trained to already accept having to get renter's insurance. Uh, they're trained to pay their own utilities. So it really is... They're doing the work for us, whether it's their dorm room in college or their first apartment, wherever they land out of the nest. Uh, they're trained to get to that point. So renting single family homes, even though it can be challenging at certain points, is very rewarding. And I would encourage I would encourage real estate teams to mm -hmm. look into it because times are changing with brokerage as a whole. Like we have this whole buyer's agency right. stuff going on that you and I could talk about for a yep. half hour. So if that decreases and there's all of a sudden now that much less business that you're able to get in as far as revenue from commissions, you got to make it up somewhere. A lot of offices, to, to close this out, is 
they use their property management firm just to pay their overhead of the office, hmm. right? So they just do enough. Okay, what's my overhead of my office? Let's say it's for easy math, 10000 a month. Right. If the management company can make me 10000 a month, that pays for the office itself. Mm-hmm. Every commission I pop is just simple gravy mm-hmm. on top of that. Yeah, I like that. So let's go to the 85 doors. What's your average value of a door? Like, how would you figure up what you're making? Would you say your average door is a $200,000 door and you guys are the 1% rule, a little below the 1% rule? So and then you get a percentage we break of that. this down pretty well. It's through the NARPM, NARPM accounting standards. Mm-hmm. And we look at revenue per unit and then profit per unit. So a good revenue per unit mark is roughly 300 a door per month. 300 per door. Per is that at about the 10%, 12%? It can rate? be the flat fee. It can be the 8, 9, 10, 11% you know, model that we all have heard of. But 300 is the number. 300 per unit okay. is revenue, top line. Yep, and then profit, line. you know, if you can get to 50 to $75 per unit in profit, that's pretty much the benchmark. So 20%. Well. Call it 50%. Call it 50 bucks a unit. Okay. Math. So I'm at 25,500 gross per month. And then if I just looked at 50 bucks times 85, you're looking at $4,250 net a month times 12. And now you're at 51,000. And that's just off rent. That's not all the other yeah, extras. Right. That you had talked about. And that might pay your rent. 100%. Right? Especially yeah. if you have just a smaller office, right? It could totally pay your rent for that office as you build that up. And don't forget commissions are coming out of that. So that's even harder to quantify. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can also sell the homes in your inventory to other investors and never leave that home and get a commission mm-hmm. times two. Right. So that's that's always a big play. So in some well, ways, I love it for myself. And that's one of the reasons Renee ran one for so long. And I think you had a really large book, Renee. And that was because you were acquiring a lot of doors and wanted to manage them yourself. And when I say manage them yourself, have people that right, manage them right, for you. Right. And but this is what I told Brad. Most everything I've done has been created out of just pure need. And it's grown yeah. organically because of that. Yeah. So when you have enough doors, you could say the same, Jeff. I mean, yeah. this is what I'm saying. So but it's just not as easy as what it sounds. You know, I'm going to go start my own property management company. Okay. Well, you know. How do you manage the team? How do you scale? How do you, you know, what sort of fees and charges and forms and all that fun stuff? So So Brad, where does someone go that listens to this episode and goes, you know what? Why am I giving all these leads off to this third-party property management company in my market? We do want to build one of these in-house. What would be some of the best podcasts, books, groups, events that someone could attend that's thinking about getting into this space? So there's lots of ways to go. First, they probably want to get involved with with NARPM, National Association of Residential Property Managers. Uh, join that organization, find a conference, go to a conference, get on the chat boards on the Facebook and other places. The Property Management Mastermind is a faction that I run, and our Facebook group is over 11,000 members now. Property Management Mastermind Facebook group. And then we also have a Property Management Mastermind conference. So pmmcon.com, there's a conference coming up at the end of March in Nashville. That's a really good place to go and network. I'll be there, by the way. Can't wait to have you. Now, here's the thing about property managers, especially in the NARPM or PMMCon realm. If a newbie walks in and says, I want to learn about property management, will somebody help me? Everyone will help you. I'm not kidding. Everyone will help you. They're not going to turn and run away from you like that happens in the realtor community. Right. No offense. Like your competition. You're the competition. I'm not right. telling you anything because you could use it against me. It's not like that. Even in my own market of San Antonio, I could pick up the phone and call all of my competitors and ask them a question. I need help with this. I need help with that. They're going to help me because they realize exactly what I said before is they're not my competition. It's the individual landlord out there. That's our competition. And so I think everybody should look into building one of these factions in their organization. It's It's just too good to not. Now is the opportunity. I love it. Renee, any other thoughts, comments? It just goes back to what we've talked about before, Jeff, and that's, you know, the commercial 
real estate sector has always had, I think, property management teams in their offices for that reason. You know, you're selling these big portfolios and you might as well manage them. You know, when we've talked about why, what's what's the demand? I think it's only going to get more. It's only going to increase because of the regulations changing like we've talked about. So I think it's very synergistic between the two. Very good parallel because the commercial companies do that. Yeah. You're spot on with that. That's right. very good. Yeah. So it's just time the residential arena kept up. And we even talked yesterday, was it Australia, you guys had mentioned that they don't allow their traditional homeowner owners, landlords to manage their own doors. You have to be an official, what is it, government regulated property management company? It's completely flipped to the Australian market, is completely flipped from the the U.S. market. 70 to 80% of landlords in Australia use and hire a third-party property manager. Right. They look at you if you go to a cocktail party, if you are managing yourself, they look at you like you have something growing out of your head. Mm. It's that way. It's yeah. a You're different too poor mindset. and can't afford it. And yeah. Yeah. Here it's, you know, as we said, it's it's only 20, 30 percent are into third party property management. So there's plenty of opportunity, plenty of business to go around. Awesome. Um, any technology that you'd recommend if someone is thinking about <laughs> managing their own doors and they've been doing it on sticky notes, but want to step up their game? What, what what tech stack do you think works the best? So, uh, training wheels, I would recommend Buildium, and that's a pretty good product to use. It's it's meant for the individual landlord, you know, maximum of 40, 50 units, and it's super easy to get into. Buildium is what it's called. The next level, clearly, is going to be a software like RentVine. Uh, they're newer to the play. RentVine is super solid. They're an actual great company to work with as far as implementing and, and getting everything you need. And they've taken the best of what's going on in the industry. They've taken it from all the players out there, the Yardies, the Appfolios, the rent managers, the uh, property wares. You know, there's several others I'm probably forgetting, but they've taken all that and compiled it. So RentVine would be my recommendation. You know, 40, 50 doors and beyond. And they're the long-term solution for both HOA, short-term rental, commercial, Anything that you want to manage, it can run through that system. Right. They're one of the few that I've seen with an open API as well. So I think you're right on that. Agreed. Yeah, yeah there's lots of good plugins that can go into mm-hmm. that, such as uh, a really good inspection module. I, le- I recommend the inspector. They're a super great inspection module because you have to do periodical inspections or renewal inspections. And I hate the term inspection, but let's call it an assessment, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want people screaming at me like, you're not a licensed inspector. You can't use that term. I get it. You know, you're not, it's an assessment. It's a visual assessment. But you got to put that picture format somewhere, and that Z Inspector module uploads right into RentVine. It's mm-hmm. super slick. Recommend it to everybody. I'm curious, as a landlord or sorry, owner of real estate, are there options when I hire a property management company as to how arduous I want them to be in keeping the house up to date? Like, when does the roof really need to be replaced? When does the refrigerator really need to be replaced? When does the paint need to be redone? When do the windows need to be switched out? Because you have people that are considered slumlords who never fix anything or are only going to address something if, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, so to speak. Is there a way I could come to a property management company and say, hey, I want mine to be considered A+. I want you to spend extra on them. I want them to be in the best condition so that if I ever do turn around and want to sell it, I don't need to go spend three months fixing it up. I think that starts with good communication to the owners and then also vetting the owners. Now, we've had a saying that we can manage any home anywhere for the right owner. Give me a home sitting on the railroad tracks that's a crack house. But if the owner's willing to spend money to fix it up, we can work with that owner. Yeah. If you go to the owner and say, hey, the air conditioning's out, it's kaput, it's 100 degrees outside, and the owner says, just tell them to use some fans. Oh my wait gosh. till winter. Okay, here's your termination notice. Yeah. Thank you. We're not working together any longer. And that starts with good communication. Now, it's never something that you can perfectly get through because you don't know how owners are going to react when a major repair comes down, but 
we do have repair limits. So you got to get permission. Mm-hmm. Anything over X, that could be 300, 500, whatever your market says. Uh, you have to get permissions to do any sort of repair. So you sort of stay on good terms with the landlord that way, the owner of the home, that you're not out putting, you know, new carpet in when it doesn't need it just to, you know, charge a maintenance fee, mm-hmm. right? There are some limitations there. But at the end of the day, the owner's got to be willing to make improvements and and just maintain the home to where it should be. If, like, would you live there? Would I live there? Would right. that particular tenant want to live there if you're not making repairs? Yep. And the ultimate threat is like, look, if you don't do this, we're going to have to cut ties. We're not a good fit uh, because we can't manage this because you're hurting our reputation. And this tenant doesn't deserve to be treated like that. They've been a good paying tenant. Uh, we have to do the right thing here and make these happen. I love it. I always heard when acquiring doors and choosing what kind of properties we wanted to build up in our book, you should always own property that you'd be willing to live in because one day you might have to. Mm-hmm. And so that was always the joke. I actually moved out of my family home seven months ago and I live in one of my rentals, my nicest rental. And I did have to fix it up a little bit, but still, I think it's a fun story to tell because I've said it a lot of times, but it's true. Treat it. You know, you have families that are in there that are living in your properties. Mm-hmm. Treat them the way you'd want to be treated. Is that one still under someone property else management? Was it is. Yeah, I, I just bug Clint every time something doesn't work. <laughs> every time I see him, Clint, the fridge is <laughs> leaking. Are we going to have to check his tenant ledger? I was just going to say, I think we should. Current. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> yep. Charge right. an extra for all those calls. So um, how could somebody get in touch with you if they wanted some more advice or were interested in following up in some way? Yeah, yeah. Check us out on the website at propertymanagementmastermind.com. I know it's a long URL, but you can reach us there and check out our conference coming up in Nashville at the end of March. It's pmmcon.com. And that's going to be a really good conference in Nashville, Music Row, lots of small group networking, which is something that you are you yeah. know, firmly believe in, clearly in this realm that you're in. I think that's going to be one of the better ones because we break people off in these groups with 30, 40, 50 people, and we have five hours of masterminding in two days. And so that's where you can ask the questions, even as dumb as they might be. Hey, I'm brand new. I want to get into it. And everyone will tell you exactly how to do it. We're super helpful. And I think that's encouraging for anybody listening that they can come to a conference like that and actually learn and not be like shunned as you might. If you're a rookie trying to ask an experienced broker a question, sometimes they don't you know, want to talk to you because of the turnover. But if you're interested in management, our industry is very helpful. Awesome. Well, that's great feedback. Lots of great information. I find it really interesting because a lot of people listening, they have big teams, they own brokerages. We obviously all know we should own real estate, but are you managing your own real estate? So you can create a hybrid team for acquiring doors. Why not also have a hybrid inside your company for managing those doors? Mm -hmm. So I think this was a great episode and it's going to bring a lot of value to our listeners. We'd love to get Brad out as well. Here's a little teaser for our team building summit this summer. So you might be able to see him there in, in Omaha, Nebraska. For all information regarding events and or coaching, please go out to growwithers.com. And if you found this episode as valuable as I have, please be sure to go out to whatever uh, app you use to listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. Give a shout out to Brad and Renee for coming on as our guests today. Without further ado, thanks, you guys. Thank you. Excited. Thanks, guys.